Hey, hey, welcome back to Grow Through What You Go Through. It's Courtney, and I'm moving on to episode four. Um, I just really wanted to thank you guys for listening and spending, you know, investing so much into this podcast. Um, again, I just do it as a form of self-care for myself. So it's really crazy. I knew that people were going to listen, but I didn't know that you guys would actually enjoy what I'm saying and, you know, give me compliments and talk about what you've liked about it. And it's so appreciate. I am so appreciative. And I just utilize this for me as another form of venting and journaling. So it's nice to know that there are tidbits that you guys can pick up on too and that you enjoy listening. Um, I know that the last few topics have been pretty heavy, so I decided to do a little pause in the heaviness and kind of utilize this this episode to kind of talk about something that's really meaningful to me and that can help with all the other episodes, and it's self-care. Um, self-care is definitely an important part, especially for my friends and family that are involved with the, the education system. It's the, this last chunk of time, this last stretch before the end of the school year is a very, very pivotal part of the year to like take a pause and check in with yourself all over the place. So without further ado, we'll get into some, some self-care. Self-care. My favorite topic, honestly, and I know that I annoy people because I am very, very structured with my self-care. It's almost like it has become a chore for myself. It's kind of silly, but it is the best thing that I've done is putting myself first when it comes to de-stressing and just taking care of who I am so that I can function properly. So before we get into my stuff, let me, I know that people kind of throw self-care around as like a buzz topic, a buzz phrase, and I don't know if a lot of people know what it, exactly what it means when someone is referring to self-care. So my definition, kind of put in my own words of what self-care is, is protecting your own well-being and happiness, you know, specifically in periods of stress. I make sure that I hone in on my self-care before I even become stressed because the more that I help myself before I get to that tipping point or that breaking point, the, the less it will be detrimental to myself. And I think people forget that, that they forget that all these pieces that I'm going to be talking about are part of self-care. And I hope that this will bring you some light to what you guys got to work on more. So underneath self-care, there are seven pillars to it. Um, I'm guessing that when people hear self-care, they think of maybe mental health because it has come from the realm of mental health more so than other spaces. But it, it, it's actually, you know, your overall well-being, like everything about you, which is including your mental, your emotional, your physical, your environmental your spiritual, your recreational, and social self. It is all the pillars of who you are and what you have to protect and what you have to take care of, bottom line. There's not one piece that should be neglected, and I think that so much, even people in my life, like the way that they function. I'm not judging you. I'm a different breed, but I feel that the, if you looked more inward, you can figure out where you're lacking. Um, you know, I like to refer it as, like, think of yourself as a sim. Technically, we're probably in a simulator ourselves, like kind of like the Truman Show, but that's a different topic for a different day. But think of yourself as a sim. When you're playing Sims, no matter what level, you know, first set of Sims or Sims 4 or Sims 5, when you create your person, all those little bars at the bottom of them, you know, as you're playing the game, 
their meters get low, their social meter, their hygiene, their 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 hunger, their everything. You know, they, they get to like that red zone. So think of your self-care as your own little sim, your sim um, spectrums, you know, like think of what you need to prioritize, what you need to take care of first before the other things, you know, put yourself first over other people, take care of your mental health before you take care of someone else's mental health. Like think of yourself as that sim. That's all I can say. Be a sim and go through it or else you're going to end up being burnt out. You're going to be too stressed to function. You're going to be agitated. You're going to be irritated. You're going to be angry. You're going to have, you know, moments of tearfulness. You're going to have that breaking point and you're going to ask yourself, like, what is wrong with me? Well, honey, there's going to be a lot wrong about you because that's burnout. And that word gets thrown around as well because people don't take the time to see why they are burnt out. They start taking out on other people. They don't even look inward. You remember self-awareness going back to episode one? There needs to be a strong sense of self-awareness in order for you to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Burnout in definition is when you start losing the steam and patience due to stress. It's where everything just starts bugging you. You know, that's when you start crying, when you spill your coffee or you're late to work every day or you get up late. Those are the things that will start to trigger you if you don't take care of yourself. Luckily enough for me, I'm at the point. There was a day that I was an hour late to work or I woke up an hour late so it was a half hour late to work in the end. And I had still made my breakfast because I'm like, I'm not going to neglect my food. I'm already late. So what is there to be mad about? I told the other social worker I worked with, hey, I'm going to be a little late. I woke up late. I still took my time because I took, I'm not going to get up and panic. I'm not going to overexert myself. I'm not going to be like, oh my God, I'm late. We're human. I got up that day. I made my breakfast. I said I was on my way. And then I spilled my coffee everywhere on my counter and all I did was laugh because I'm not going to take that to heart. I'm not going to start off my day on a bad note just because I was tired. Like my body took care of itself. I was only a little bit late and luckily I'm, you know, salaried. But even if you're not salaried and you get to work a half hour late, work a half hour late longer, you know, to prioritize yourself. You shouldn't start off the day so angry and so, because you're going to have a downhill from there. You're probably going to get stuck in traffic. You're going to yada, yada, and everything's going to get to you and you're going to take it out on everyone around you. And not even face the fact that you are human. And it is okay, right? And I wanted to spe- specifically focus on this topic because this is, I, all of that clumping together to me is like seeing how myself and my colleagues are going through the final month and a half of school. If you work at a school, you know what I'm talking about. Elementary, middle school, high school, college. All of the things that final, you know, that final, whatever, that that run to the finish line, that stride to the finish line is the toughest part of the year. Everyone, Sometimes people think that it's the beginning of the year because it's like stressful to get things kicking off and started, but no, it's the end. Everyone has lost their patience, kids and adults included. You know, this is the point of time where, you know, even principals are like, oh, we had it with the behaviors that, you know, you're suspended. Kids are wild. They're swearing. They're getting agitated. They feel overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed. And we just, there's, there's that vicious cycle of going back and forth with each other and not figuring out what we can do because at the end of the day it is us that we have to work on we can't change other people's behaviors we have to focus on us like what can I do in this environment to make it better and how can I be a helpful force to make it to the end of the year and you know reduce stress at least from the people that come around me right so that's burnout that's getting all the way to the end and just losing that steam 
And then when it comes to social workers, there's two more types. So like I'm speaking for my friend and I, and or there's two, there's three of us in my school specifically, the three social workers. This is when, you know, we we don't even notice, but a lot of things get piled on us. This is where all the stress comes out. This is like, oh, they you can go talk to them, or like nobody really wants to handle things, not work as a team, and it's no one's fault. I don't think anyone goes into the day going, I'm gonna put everything on Courtney and Alexis and Jenny. Or I'm, I'm going to put this all on so-and-so. They don't go in like that. I think it's just the wave that just kind of occurs because this is where the emotions come out. So when it comes to social work, another form of our personal burnout, or if you're in a helping field, I, I'm, I'm guessing like nurses, doctors, e, um, EMTs, te- even teachers. Like I think there's that compassion fatigue, specifically for the ones that go inward, that go for the social mo- emotional learning, that engage with the kids in that realm we start to, you know, there's compassion fatigue that comes into our burnout. And that's when you're giving too much and you're neglecting yourself. So it's like the cost of caring. Like you care so much about these kids that you're taking on all of the things or all these people around you. If you're not working with kids and you're just like, I'm feeling so terrible. I'm, I just feel so bad for these people and, and you're over helping others that you're neglecting yourself. And then that leads to burnout. And then I remember learning about this in grad school in my trauma class, vicarious trauma. You're literally experiencing the trauma symptoms due to putting your, like, hearing too much. You know, social workers, doctors, again, the helping fields. Like, you're every single day constantly. At, there's there's not a second for these past few months that a, a kid hasn't been in my office and you're just hearing and hearing things that break your heart. And you're like, you sit there and you're like, how do I send this kid back home when all this stuff is going at home? Or how do I send them back to class when all of this stuff is in their brain? And it's troubling. It's very, it, it weighs heavy on you unless you have that, that self-care for yourself, unless you have that mental filter in order to listen to what they are saying and not internalize it and become it. Like you can start having, you know, stomach issues, head issues, headaches, you know, all of the things. You can work yourself up enough to be sick. And that is all under the, you know, the burnout bracket. It's, it's so hard to pick these fields. And yeah, people are like, oh, you chose that profession. Yeah, we did. But imagine a world without us. Imagine that. And I will do this job forever. Putting putting my service and energy into others is me. That is part of my own self-care. I'm very help, happy to be helpful. and But it's also very important to... It's also very important to check in with yourself and check in with those around you. And make sure that you're not pouring from that empty cup. You know, like it's just kind of saying you need a minute. Like the other day I was late to work. And again, this is a crumbling. It wasn't late. Like I sat in my car a little bit longer because I needed a minute to decompress. And I had gotten into school when all the kids were being entered into school. And it's and I'm, I'm sure this is how teachers feel. It's like Miss Smith, Miss Smith or Courtney or like just people all coming at you when you're carrying all your bags. They're not paying attention to that you just came into school, like they're already ready to talk. Kids have no patience anyways. They just think, they think about themselves and they want to talk. And my student that had been in my office, I just turned my light on after I just got bombarded with kids and I'm like trying to hold back, like stop. Like I will get you when I get you, like come up later, take a pause. The day just started, I just got here. And I said that very calmly. And then when I walked into my office, my one student came in and she started blah, 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 blah. I'm like, <sighs> I took a deep breath and I'm like, girl, I just got here. Let me put my stuff down. Let me get my coffee. Let me need a minute because I don't want to start this day on an angry 
basis, like, let me settle in. And then she made commentary, like, you're the one that's late because they're kids and they're going to be annoying sometimes. And I took a breath and I'm like, leave me alone for one minute so I don't explode on you and that so that we can have a good session together. I want to gather myself before I explode. That is pure self-awareness. That is pure self-care that I, in honesty and being genuine and letting a kid know what you're feeling so that they don't go, are you mad at me? Like, what did I do? That they're going to internalize that they're kids, you know? And that's, I wish that more teachers would do that. Like, if you're having a bad day, start off the day. Like, guys, it's an off day, just like we expect them to do. Like, how are, like, if that kid's being such a dick today, how about you check in with them then? Or a child or check, like, why is that irritating me so bad? Or what do I need to, Yes, you get 40 minutes of class time. I know that teaching is different than being a social worker, but you can incorporate that and as a human, that you are being human. Start to ask yourself how to reflect and reflame and be positive and honest. If if that went a whole different way, like say that I walked in pissed off and I'm just like, you know what, I don't want to talk. And like I was just angry and I yelled at a random kid. Start of their day, imagine how the rest of their day is going to be especially if I'm the adult that they look for and that they need and that they depend on, imagine how that would have been to throw up. And guess what? Like you also chose to be a teacher. You know, if you're a teacher, if you work in a school, I'm going to stay in my realm specifically, but you'll catch the gist. If you chose that profession, you chose to be there. You chose to be the person that these kids look up to. You chose to be in that space to teach. And teaching requires you to reflect and reframe and hone in on the, the individuals in your class. You have 25 plus kids in there, including yourself. You know, like reflect on it. Like what, like it's not about them. It's more about you, right? And I'll get more into that later. But have that open communication. Like they are humans too. They're little humans, but they deserve that respect as much as they will respect you if you respect them, right? That golden rule. And, you know, that's kind of just like tuning in with yourself, right? So, Going from there, sorry, I like to go on these tangents and I hope that you follow along with me and I hope that they make sense. But yeah, anyways, so what this part of the end of the school year looks like, right? So in in the in the realm of self-care, this is so difficult. It is so hard because the patience is so thin and we just want summer and the days are getting nicer and you just want to go outside and you just want to be outside so no one's paying attention, no one's focusing. There's things going on at home. There's things going on in the classroom. And this is sometimes where the pile of work goes on, right? I've been in schools where they didn't do homework and I've seen the benefit of that, like doing the in-class work. It makes kids focus more on the class, you know, get their work done so that they can play. A kid's job should be to play, but unfortunately we've made it about school and academics and all of that stuff that gets overwhelming and, you know, sometimes I take a step back and be like, you know what, I need to take these kids outside or I need to go play with them or they need to talk. They need to reset because think, like, do, don't you remember going back to when you were in school and you had to spend 40 minutes on pond, 40 minutes, like a three-minute break in between 40-minute classes is zero. It makes three to four minutes, nothing. That does nothing for a brain break. And I used to use this strategy when I was in college myself. I would not study or work more than 40 minutes at a time and, like, leave it. I would leave it for the next day or later on in the day because if you're stacking hours like that, your brain is fried. You're not there. You're just trying to get it done at that point. And what is learning if you're just getting – just doing it to get done? You're not do, – you're doing yourself a distor- disservice. The same way as, like – and I know it's not my school specifically. It's like I'm not – 
I really like the district I am I'm in. I like a lot of I like majority of the people I work with. It is not our specific school's fault. It's not the kids' fault. It's not the area. It's the school system as a whole. That time, sorry, I cut myself off. <laughs> if you're taking that time to pause and say, "Hey, I'm not having a good day," I could see that you guys aren't having a good day. Why don't we take a pause and learn more about each other? Let's connect, right? Anywho, okay, so now I'll start stacking like what kids look like this time of year, what colleagues look like this time of year, and what I look like this time of year, and then I'll go through my personal self-care, what other adults can use and what kids can use. So, you know, kind of referencing like this, this is just a troublesome part of the year specifically for school peeps and kids. This is, they're starting to look like jerks to put it lightly, but we all are, right? But kids, they'll start arguing, they'll start avoiding work, they'll start being snarky and taking advantage of adults and like spiraling out because you also have to remember this is the end of the year. And for a lot of kids, this is their safe place. Remember that, you know, like some, like, you know, if we're going to talk about trauma, it's that they're used to avoidant, they're like avoidant relationships, they're used to anxious relationships, right? And then that part of the year, like knowing that the end of school is coming and that they're going to be home for like the next three months straight, they're going to start being jerks. They're going to start being assholes. They're, they're scared. They don't know how to portray it well. They don't know how to communicate well, but they're afraid that they're not going to get their next meal in the summer. They're afraid that they're not going to get this love anymore. They're afraid that they're not going to be safe anymore. And people forget that. Like, I'm not speaking for all kids. Like, some are just assholes. Like, uh, like grass is grass sometimes. But this is the environment that majority of them feel safe in, in that they're going to lose that shortly or, you know, they're transitioning, like change is hard for kids and, and, and adults, but for kids, you know, some might be going to high school or some, it's just a lot. And they're kids at the end of the day, they are kids. And I just will never grasp how some adults can be with children, children, like control yourself. You are the adult in that equation. They are a kid. They are young, especially the ones I work with. They're 10 to 14. They are such babies. It's not even funny that it just doesn't make sense to me about the, the, you know, the, the ridiculing and the yelling you're supposed to teach them like social skills too, like at home and at school, but like they spend the majority of their life with us. Like we got to teach them, you know, social skills and boundaries and yelling at them is not going to do it. They're going to withdraw. Like who likes to be yelled at? We don't. So I do it to them anyways. So that's them. So they're little all over the place. They're squirrely. They want to go outside. They're, they have a lot of energy. They're be or they have no energy. Just a weird time. And, th- and guess what? Us adults are not that different. We're tired. We're, we're snarky. We want to argue. We want to put our walls up. We want to defend. We want to like, we just want to unload too. So what makes us any different? Oh, wait, it's a choice for the us. It's a choice for us to control our feelings because we are the adult. Kids are impulsive in general without all their diagnoses, not ADHD, not anxiety, not depression. They don't really know how to control it yet. They don't know how to regulate. But you bet your ass that we adults should know. And we should be the ones to check ourselves again. Be like, these kids are coming at me. I'm getting frustrated, but I'm over it. I'm going to yell. I'm going to lose it. No, check your freaking self. I'm sorry, like opinion, like this is, this shouldn't be an opinion. It is checking yourself. You are taking that time to argue with an 11 year old, like just pick your battles and go. 
or you know like send them to somewhere that they can get that comfort or remove yourself like go take a walk like sometimes that those kids need a break too so if they see their teacher leave to go take a walk they're like oh crap maybe we have to get it together it's about respecting each other and the boundaries right we are old we should know how to make our emotion and help our emotions not get the best of us they're learning from us monkey see keep monkey do modeling sure they might be modeling some of their parents behaviors from home but guess what if you are reacting that way they are going to react that way in the classroom they absorb their environments and they're going to do what they see unfortunately and that's a you problem as the adult if your kids are bickering or they're being jerks it's probably coming from you to be honest and that stinks or their peers around them sure but that's such a small pocket in comparison because even in my own office like i've created an environment that it's kind of like controlled chaos they can come in they can unload they can vent they can rant they can swear they can be goofy but I've had a set rules that they follow and they correct each other because I've created that environment. I don't have to ever raise my voice. I don't have to, I rarely, I've only kicked out two kids this year because they were knocking over my stuff and there was just too many in there. But the rest of them are like, Shh, don't say that or, or stop touching each other. Miss Smith's going to kick us out. And they, I've created a, a place of comfort and respect. I, they know my boundaries. I know theirs. They listen. I only have to, and, and plus they're kids. So I know I have to repeat like once or twice. I'm not going to scream at them and they respect me for that. They th- say, thank you for being human. Thank you for understanding us. Don't you want to feel that when you actively chose to work in a school with these young people that you are helping to become people in society, not writing them off because God forbid they're walking around your classroom. They're not doing the work. You're going to write them off. You're going to be like, I can't handle that kid. I'm sorry, but there should be more training in order for us to regulate ourselves and, and to help kids taking that time, actually utilizing it to help them regulate themselves. I'm very passionate about this stuff and like I will speak this into existence. Like I think there should be more training to help with behaviors, to help self-regulate, to help show self-regulation to kids, to regulate our own stuff so that the environment we create is not terrible and that we can contain our kids and that we can learn how to use movement and other tactics instead of just sitting, staring at a freaking board and doing nothing beside, they're not listening to you anyway. So if they want to come talk to a social worker or they want to go to guidance, yes, they probably are doing some avoidance and they probably are taking advantage of us. We're not stupid. We know that, but they need a space to go regulate. That is their self-care. So they're utilizing self-care more than you are unfortunately like they're going to get their needs met and you're choosing to avoid yours and then take it out on them hot take <sighs> anyways <laughs> i'm a little bit better i definitely do check myself like i you know shared with that that coming into school late example i know how to regulate but and i've noticed i've had the self-awareness i tell my other social workers and the counselors that i was like mm, this time of year we're all losing our patience like but I've, you know, I've created, a, I've done this thing where now I can write off which kids can come in my office, which can debrief. And I'm not picking and choosing. I'm just focusing now for this final, you know, this final stretch of time. I'm focusing on the kids that genuinely need me. The ones that come in, they don't have the really drama. Like, I don't want to repeat myself again. If they've gotten to this point with me, they know my rules. They know my boundaries. They respect them. I respect theirs. We work on what they have to work on. It's, most of it is social skills. And I'm so proud of them for learning from me and trying the things I I suggest and unfortunately I'm turning away the kids that I know that are just going to come in to be goofy and I've I've recognized the kids that don't want to put in the effort to change that they just want to keep complaining and avoid and I've sent those kids away I've learned each kid individually and which ones need the effort and which ones need time until they need the effort there is no magic wand 
I am not writing off kids just because I'm not connecting with them. I'm writing them off for right now because they're not ready to make the changes that I'm suggesting. Just like I would do this with, you know, people in my life. If I'm not compatible with you, if you're not, if you're going to constantly complain and do nothing about it, I am going to have to walk away until you are ready to have conversations like this, romantic friendships, anything like this. I'm going to need to push you away until that we can build and learn from each other and, you know, work on our self-care together. So that's where I'm at. And to end it off, like just what I was, you know, kind of trickling into, I'm going to talk about the school system and, you know, self-regulation at a different time. But here is, you know, the topic of my cat is dragging over his toy right now. So excuse you if you listen to that, but it's kind of cute. (laughs) But now I'm going to kind of share what I utilize for my different forms of self-care and all the brackets that I had suggested. Bruh that I suggested. I like the realness, you know, like, so I'm going to let my cat Jazzy right here pull his toy around and I hope you hear a little skirting on the the ground. But yeah, so self-care for me, love that for him. Self-care for me, you know, within the school building is coffee breaks, um, venting with colleagues, texting my designated peers to vent, but specifically in school, I like to go take the time. Like, I make sure, like, I'm not going to stay in a, in a setting. Even if a kid's crying, I'm going to be like, hold up, I got to go pee. I'm honest. I'm going to, in order for me to focus, I'm going to have to take care of myself before I invest with them. Going way back to the self-awareness episode, on an airplane, you put your mask first. You put your mask on first before you put on a kid's. Take care of you before you settle in to help that person or that kid. I'm like, wait, I know you're crying. I'm going to go pee and then I'll call your teacher and then we'll go from there. Be real, right? And then I go talk to the other social workers, the other counselors or the other teachers and kind of decompress and just kind of, you know, let things off of our chest and say, this is a vent. This is a rant. I don't actually, I'm not going to freak out on this kid, but I need a minute, right? So there's that. And then outside of school, I've done this for 10 years now. Like 2013 is when I started working out religiously. So now I work out every day. As soon as I step home, from work, I go on my run, I work out, I rollerblade, I do the things that I need to do to take care of myself, I meal prep, I have healthy dinners, I'm very good with eating right and, you know, fueling my body in the right way so I don't feel sluggish and gross and that I don't give in to, you know, like I'm not going to crumble just because of work stress, right? I hang out with my friends, I go to trivia with my friends, I journal probably once a week. I want to do it more, but I, that's for right now. I read almost every night. I play guitar almost every night. I have designated friends to vent to when I need to. Like when I feel my meter's low, I'm like, okay, I'm going to ask Molly or Maddie and Michaela if I can vent to them. I call my mom after work just to let it out or I call my sister. Um, I take meds and I go to therapy now. So that has helped me majorly. I like, I'm able to use my other coping skills with those two as the top tier. I relax, I watch my shows, I listen to music and dance, I don't check my emails from work, I do puzzles, and then my things that I prioritize are sleep, eating well, and eating well. I am such a fitness person, I fuel my body, I get eight hours of sleep, I prioritize the things that I know will set me off. I take my medicine, I take my my vitamins, I prioritize self, I do my skincare. I don't skip any of these things. And yes, I have like religious, like this is the the positive of my OCD stuff that I mentioned before. I do this all in one day. I fit, I, I fit in friendship time. I fit in my guitar. I fit in all of this in one day. 
and I know that it's harder for others so I can work with you I can if you want to reach out to me I can meet you where you're at and give you suggestions of where to start I have built these things one per like one thing at a time and I've incorporated into the day and if I don't play guitar if I don't journal if I don't read every day that's fine like I've prioritized my skincare and my eating well and my meal prepping and you know waking up early like mornings are my place so I know like I clean my environment is clean everything is clean I feel clean I prioritize my hair and my makeup or no I don't even do makeup but I do my like brushing teeth my skincare I prioritize me and then I can go out there and say hey what do you need what can I help you with right so those my those that is me like I prioritize myself so self that's why self-care is so important to me I'm like self-care test 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 you should be sleeping better you should be eating better you shouldn't be smoking weed every day you shouldn't be drinking all the time you shouldn't be binge drinking you shouldn't be doing drugs you shouldn't be doing I've watched people de- deteriorate and then they're angry and aggressive and I'm like that's on you like I'm laughing over here I'm I'm kikiing as I heard from my other podcast which is so funny to me and I I'm not judging you but I know that I'm in a better space because I take care of myself okay so that being said you know I have some suggestions for adults and kids on on how they can prioritize self-care and I think that you know the upcoming summer is a place to start I'm thinking that every day you got to check in with yourself when you walk into the school building or if you walk into your job but I'm going to focus on my school take a deep breath and be like okay how am I going to be today I walk into my office I'm like I want to be okay for these kids I'm going to go to the bathroom I'm going to play some music right now and kind of, you know, I jam, I go in to work jamming. I'm either little, little waning it up. I'm draking or I'm Stevie Nicks or I'm Miley Cyrusing, depending on the mood. Like that I pulled in the other day to, I, <laughs> I pulled into school the other day, jamming machine gun Kelly. Like there's different genres I go in. Cause I want to debrief before I go into the school day and I'm just jamming out. I'm singing in the car. I'm driving fast. And I, let it all out before I get to work, right? So I check in with myself. I'm like, how am I feeling today? Am I tired? Do I have a headache? What can I do so I can, you know, start off the day right with these kids? And then I, you know, I check in of like, mm, is this a real deal thing? Like, can I send them to class or do they really need to talk about it right now? And I brush things off and I go on my day and then I'm ready for it, right? I take the time to go take a walk or I go talk to somebody for a few minutes and I'm very, very honest with my students about how I'm feeling. I'm like, Miss Smith's having a bad day or I'm going to have to a rough start, so bear with me. And just, you know, checking in with the kids that come in, especially off of a weekend. Mondays are hard. But when some kids come in, they're like, I really need to talk to you, I prioritize them, right? And then just like I prioritize myself, I'm going to help them prioritize them and how they can make it through the school day. Inventing it, the first thing, helps them out, right? And then I reflect all the time before reacting because sometimes I'm like, get out, like I want to squeeze. Like, I'm not perfect. I'm still going to get annoyed with these kids just like anyone else. But I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just like, you're annoying me. I'm very honest with them. I'm going to choke you out. Like I say like funny things and, and they're like, I'm so sorry. Like we just talk it out and we laugh it out because I don't want it to get to a point where we yell at each other. Or we're actually mad at each other. That hasn't happened yet, knock on wood. But you know, just taking that time debriefing moment by moment staying present doing what you can to get through that day and help as many people as you can especially in my field right so that's that and then for as the adult in this situation you should really pick those battles 
you know, like just writing a kid off, like not having the patience, that's on you. Like if you wanted to work with older kids, that's what college is for. Or you don't have to be a teacher. You can go find a different job. Like do it for the right reasons. Don't be there for the retirement plan. Don't be there for the benefits. Yes, that is prioritizing you, but you can get those elsewhere without working with kids if they trigger you that much. Like if you're going to be yelling at them, like, I'm sorry, we all remember those teachers that weren't nice to us. I can talk to you about those from elementary and on, like the teachers I did not connect with who were showing me too much of their inside life that they were like being awful and nasty. And I, I remember them for that, right? And these kids are remembering you as that and like that probably doesn't feel good. And you wonder why they like coming to me so much because they love me. They haven't built that connection with you. So check in with yourself on that jealousy. Check in on that self of what you can do to restart. Every day I restart. My students that are annoying, the next day I give them a hug. I talk to them about it. I'm like, you know what really bothered me yesterday that you did? And we'll process it. Like, hey, you're taking advantage. You took advantage of me yesterday. Let's talk about it. Don't let things go. Communicate. That is my big thing. And I can tell you, if you ask every single one of my students, they'd be like, oh, yeah, I definitely made Miss Smith disappointed the other day. This is what I did, but we talked about it. I will never not prioritize being able to talk through anything, right? I don't argue with them. I just tell them to knock it off, and I give them a reason why, too. I don't just say, because I said so. I say, you're annoying me because you are screaming over me right now, or you're not listening to what I have to say, so I'd rather not have you in my space. So come back later when, you're, when you check yourself. Or I, <laughs> oh, I laugh it off with them. Like we laugh. I'm like, you're annoying me. I'm going to kick your butt. Like that. We just laugh it off and just be like, all right, let's check ourselves there too. At the end of the day, I work in a middle school. I'm not going to argue with a 12 year old. I'm not, it, I'm, I'm just not going to put my energy into that. Cause it's so silly. If that, if I will walk out of my office, if something like, and I know like, oh, you shouldn't leave your space. You should establish dominance and power. I don't have power over these kids and I will just walk away and usually they'll leave my office. And cause if they, if they don't have a pass and stuff, they get in trouble. So that's on them. But I will, if like there's too many kids in my office, I will walk out and I'll go take a walk. I'll go talk to a different person. I'll be like, all right, if you're not going to leave, I'm going to walk out. And then I'll be like, oh crap, I just made her leave her own office. Let me figure that out because they respect me. But that's me and everyone's different. But things like if you need suggestions, like remember, I'm still a professional. Like, yes, I might come off as like childlike and silly and I may not, it may not, I may not come off to some people as not professional and that's okay. I'm going to be goofy. I'm going to be my authentic, genuine self. And that's what makes me a good social worker because I care and I love these kids and I connect and I relate and we work through a lot of things together every day. Some of the things that they say that triggers me, we talk about it because I want to talk about my experience too. And they take it to heart. So if you need anything, like like I say all the time, please reach out to me. Ask for help. Ask for assistance for relationships or professional relationships. Or I can send you continuing education credits of what you could watch and what you can you know, work on or what you could do better in the environment. Learn how to handle the the crises in your class before sending it to me or the principal or the counselor like learn how to do that we're all meant to to help each other that's you know that community is what like it takes a village it takes a community to raise these kids and help these kids let's work together instead of just throwing it off on each other (sighs) that was a mouthful but here to end I'm going to talk about some strategies that I really try to allow my students to have specifically in the school building and I hope that these are helpful, you know, they could be helpful at home. But if you're in the school buildings, I want you to kind of let these strategies be beneficial and be there for kids. 
And the ones that I see that really help them are taking breaks, like taking brain breaks, even if it's to go ask to go for a walk, you know, take a few laps, like go with them if you can, if you have an extra adult in the building or call one of the us, we can go for a walk and talk. You know, take, you know, take breaks in the classroom. Take that five minutes in between the two 20 minutes. Use those five minutes, like even three to five minutes of just like doing jumping jacks or giggling or resetting, you know, giving them tasks to do, like doing them classroom tasks, like handing out papers or helping grade. Go outside, go take a loop for yourself because that's beneficial to all of you involved. Get in that sun, get that, that, that vitamin D. Allow them to take a journal break if you want them sitting still. Like, write it out. Type it out. Talk to an adult. Let them come talk to us. Like, why are you over there saying that they can't talk to come talk to a social worker? If their brain is not focusing, they're not focusing in your class whatsoever. Even if they are being annoying and they want to avoid, us professionals know when they're trying to avoid and we'll send them right back. But they just needed a break. So let them have it. Do not power struggle with a 12-year-old. And I'm going to say that to the end of time. Do not power struggle with a 12 year old they're gonna do what they want to do anyways you can't control everything they do if they want to come see miss smith let them come see miss smith i'm not stupid if they're being annoying and they're just utilizing they're wasting time i will send them back but it wonder you never know and it's not up to you to decide if they're wasting my time or their time or your time just let it be we will figure it out together that is passing it off and figuring it out um, call a friend, you know, take walk, you know, everything that I've mentioned, like reduce screen time. Parents got to step in for that too. When they go home, allow them to have that strategy. They want to go for a walk. They want to go play soccer. They want to go call their friend. Let them. We're all human. Imagine if we were told that we couldn't do something, we'd be pissed off too. Yes, they're kids, but they're human. We are equal. Kids are equal. We're trying to teach them. So let's try to do that. Okay. Anyway, sorry. I talked in a very condescending voice today. I just really want everyone to work together and love each other and love themselves and utilize any form of self-care any moment of the day because at the end of this we're not going to make it out of this life so we should be taking care of ourselves and living it the best way that we know how and the best ways that we can don't be afraid to ask for help don't be afraid to ask for strategies i can come up with a gazillion different list for a gazillion different people use your resources and hone in on who you are hone in on what you need to, you know, prioritize. Remember what I said? Think of that Sims. Think think of those spectrums that you can, you know, those bars of social meter or mental meter or emotional meter or physical meter. Take care of you inside and out. And if you need anything, reach out to me, as I always say. But that lovely, lovely topic concludes this episode. That statement concludes this episode of Grow Through What You Go Through. Again, thank you for listening.